0: Good to be here with you this morning and a uh, privilege to uh, share with you from the pulpit and uh, uh, your pastor, uh, Pastor Krell, I consider a great friend in the ministry and one of the best friends I've had in uh, pastoral work over the years. Uh, I did just re- resign from the Mifflinburg Alliance Church after 12 years serving there, and uh, also from the pastorate after 37 years uh, serving with the Christian and Missionary Alliance in a number of different places, uh, and uh, uh, but uh, we have had uh, uh, during my time here uh, probably about 10 years that uh, we started having a small prayer group uh, when Barry tomasetti was the superintendent of schools <clears throat> here, and he was a strong follower of Jesus Christ and. Uh, he said well let's uh, get together and pray for the school district and uh, we started a small group uh, of prayer at that time and pastor krell was one of those involved and and uh, neil shorman has been involved and some others and <clears throat> that. uh prayer group continues today we started out we were uh braving it and got up uh, and met at 6 30 in the morning and I, we initially met in the school district office but then came down here to your uh, lobby when uh, we felt like we didn't want to make waves and uh, but uh, that group has continued to pray uh, for the school district and other needs your church and our churches in the area and uh, uh, just appreciate uh, pastor Krell and his uh, commitment to the Lord love for the Lord and uh, commitment to God's word and and to seeing people come to Christ. And so, uh, uh, greatly appreciate this uh, privilege this morning to come and share with you. I am doing a new ministry, uh, one that. Uh I had started on the side, uh, a radio, surrounded by a radio program called the Lion's Den University Report. You may have seen some of the CDs down on the table in the back, and you're welcome to take any of those. Uh, The program is an interview uh, program, 15-minute weekly program, where I interview dedicated Christians on our secular university and college campuses around the country. I travel to the campuses uh, to do the interviews and also to minister on the campuses uh, through distribution of Christians. Christian materials, visiting uh, professors, uh, connecting with Christians as well as uh, non-Christians alike, and uh, it's a great uh, opportunity. And now I'm able to do it uh, more of my time, devote more of my time to that. Uh, just uh, some of the uh, interviews that are on the CDs on the back table. You're welcome to pick up one or more as you leave this morning. Uh, have included a variety of uh, people, some you may have uh, been familiar with, who have ministry on the campuses, and. Uh, Uh, One of the recent ones, Dr. John Sanford, a Cornell University professor uh, who was an atheist for half of his career and uh, through some uh, situations of a marital crisis, he and his wife both started attending church and reading the Bible and came to uh, believe in Jesus as their savior and uh, then as he continued to study the Bible he found that uh, his evolutionary views weren't compatible with what he found on the pages of the Bible that God intentionally created us and that we're made in his image and that since the fall things have been going not uh, uphill but downhill and has written a book uh, called genetic entropy how that uh, on uh, in the uh, genomes of life or the genetic codes of life uh, things are not progressing as evolution would suggest but rather the mutations that are increasing on every genome is leading towards extinction and uh, since the fall we know that the principle of entropy or of uh, going things going downhill has taken place uh, but he gives a, a powerful testimony and uh, also why he believes the science is uh, in agreement with the teachings of the bible uh, after uh, years of study uh, Another uh, one that you're familiar with probably is Ravi Zacharias, who was on our program as he ministers and speaks on uh, university campuses. I was uh, at the uh, Johns Hopkins University just uh, uh, last month, and uh, Ravi had held some meetings there and had a a huge turnout uh, there in Baltimore and then uh, ray comfort with the way of the master has been on our on our program talking about a distribution that they did on university campuses a couple of years ago uh, a local uh, fellow uh, that uh, uh, you might appreciate knowing about uh, Coach Dan Wernsberger is the head wrestling coach for Bucknell University and a strong believer in Jesus Christ. And in our interview, he talks about how he came to Christ at a crisis time in his life at a, uh, as a senior at uh, Michigan State University. He was arrested for uh, marijuana charges. And through that uh, crisis experience of uh, nearly getting uh, kicked out of the university and kicked off the wrestling team, Uh, he came to faith in Jesus Christ Uh, and then one of the others of uh, a number of others that are on the CDs out there that you're welcome to uh, pick up is uh, Obi Snyder was the chairman of the Board of Trustees at Penn State for nine years and on that board for a number of of years as well and uh, Obi was a cattle rancher down in uh, southwestern Pennsylvania and uh, became chairman of the board of trustees and he was known as the man who said you could know that you have eternal life if you believe in jesus christ and uh, as his memorial service was held at the pasquarela spiritual life center there on the penn state campus Uh, like many of the campuses they have a chapel uh, there for students to use Uh, he uh, at his service his uh, children and grandchildren almost without exception got up and said one of the most important things uh, my father or grandfather taught me was uh, that I could know uh, that I could have eternal life through Jesus Christ if I would put my trust in him and what a powerful testimony he had he's now with the Lord But uh, this morning I'm here to talk about celebrating life, and I hope you realize that your life is of great value and importance, that the God of the universe made us in his image, and that we're special. And uh, we are going to take an offering at the end of the service this morning for the expectation Women's Center over in Lewisburg and it also has a a branch up in Williamsport there that ministers to women going through uh, pregnancy and encourages them both to uh, save the life of the baby, which is special and sacred and in God's image, but also the soul of the mother and father as well and the others involved uh, through sharing the message of Jesus Christ and the hope and uh, values that we have in our relationship with him. Uh, but uh, uh, celebrating life. And uh, I had a sub-theme of my message, He Knows Us Well. Uh, goes along with that song we just sang, He Knows My Name, He Knows Your Name, but He knows a lot more about you this morning too. And we want to talk about how intimately our God knows us and made us and loves us and uh, how uh, powerful uh, it is to know that and how important it is to not only respect all human lives, but also speak up for the most innocent, the unborn, uh, who cannot speak up for themselves. I'd like to use as our scripture uh, text for the morning, Psalm 139, and read to you a section from that. If you'd like to uh, follow along in uh, your Bible, uh, Psalm 139. I'll be reading from the New King James Version and uh, reading uh, verses 1 through 18. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me, Indeed, the darkness shall not hide uh, me from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them they would be more than uh, in number than the sand. When I awake... I am still with you. May the Lord bless this portion of Scripture to us, and shall we bow in just a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning that speaks truth, that tells us not only who you are, but who we are, created in your image and special in your sight, and that you formed us in our mother's womb. May we uh, meditate on that thought this morning and, and realize how important every human being is and special in your sight and should be special And we should respect every life uh, from the point of conception. Uh, We pray for the Pregnancy Care Center and the ministry they have, that you would bless that. And now guide our thoughts as we consider this portion of Scripture and that you might be glorified, that our hearts would be touched and our faith strengthened in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, we see here the God who made us Uh, This passage not only tells us about who we are, uh, but also about who God is who made us. And there are three attributes of God that are uh, described by three theological terms that you may or may not be familiar with, but they describe the God who uh, created everything and created us. And uh, the three words have the uh, beginning prefix of omni. And the three words are omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. And uh, first of all, in verse 7, we read, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. God is everywhere. He's the creator of all, but he also is omnipresent. Omni meaning all, he's present everywhere in his universe. Wherever we are, God is there. And uh, uh, this is a uh, we want to look at this for a second. How there's uh, two aspects of this. That's uh, good news in a very important sense, but it's also bad news in another sense. Then God is also uh, omnipotent. He's Omni all potent, powerful. Uh, Our God is all-powerful for him to make the universe, to make human beings, to make all of the beauty and the creativity and complexity of the world around us. Uh, We serve an awesome God. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. And uh, he's awesome. I mean, uh, we're going to describe some of what human life is all about this morning. And it's beyond comprehension uh, how amazing it is. Uh, And uh, we are still learning uh, all the time, not only about the universe around us, but about our human body that we live in, that God made for us. He says it's a tent for this life, and we're going to put it off one day. As amazing as it is, we're going to be given a glorified body that will live forever with Christ in heaven. Uh, but God is omnipotent, all-powerful. If he can make this world, uh, then he's more powerful than all of the powers and forces in the world. Then he's more powerful than the lightning and the tornadoes and the volcanoes and the earthquakes. Uh, nothing is, uh, compares to the power of his hand. And so uh, to know that he's with us and that he's all-powerful is a very amazing and comforting thought. And then thirdly, he's omniscient. He knows everything, omni, know all, and uh, um, omniscient, uh, conscious. He's aware, he knows, his knowledge is all encompassing, he knows the past and the present and he knows the future and we can trust in him because of this Uh, but uh, these attributes of God of uh, the eternal God of the universe who is our creator and also our savior as he's revealed himself as God the father son and holy spirit uh, there's two aspects to it and we're going to start with the bad news the bad news is he knows all about the rotten things in our lives Uh, he knows us in depth And he knows our sins. And uh, even though he made us and we're in his image, we've all sinned. Uh, No one is without sin. Uh, Jesus was approached one day. You remember the story of the rich young ruler. And uh, the rich young ruler opened the conversation by saying, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus turned the question on him and said, Why do you call me good? None is good except God alone. And... uh, Jesus, uh, in that statement, he condemned all of us. He said, none of us is good. You may be sitting here this morning and think you're a pretty good person. uh, But uh, according to Jesus, and I think he's more the authority than you or I, he says there's none who's good. And his word back in Psalms and and referred to by the Apostle Paul says in Romans 3, uh, back in Psalm 12 and 14, it says there's none righteous, no, not one. And so none of us is good in God's eyes. Uh, his standard is perfection. We may measure ourselves compared to our neighbor, or compared to the guy in jail, or the guy on TV, or whoever we think is low life, perhaps, uh, and say, "I'm a pretty good person." And, uh, but compared to God's standard uh, of perfection, uh, He says we've all sinned, and uh, He knows us intimately. It says here: not only does He know us, uh, and he's, he's everywhere we are, uh, He knows even our thoughts. Jesus said on the judgment day, even our secrets will be judged, even our secret thoughts. And so even if we haven't killed anybody, he knew when we hated somebody. He knew the greed and he knew uh, the evil intent. He knows our words, it says, even before they're spoken. Uh, He knows what we're going to say. He knows when we say unkind things about other people, either to their face or in gossip. He knows when we lie. Uh, He knows all these things about us. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're like the guy... I was uh, listening to a TV program a a while back, and it was unsolved mysteries, crimes that have not been solved. And uh, there was one that caught my attention. I didn't get all the details, but apparently some man stole, uh, maybe it was a banker or something, stole millions of dollars, uh, got in an airplane, and uh, got a a parachute, and uh, might have been a commercial flight, and flew out of the country to some obscure place and jumped out of the plane, and they never heard from him again. And got away with millions of dollars. And, you know, uh, sometimes we're like that guy. We think we're getting away. If we don't get caught, we don't get in jail. Maybe, the, uh, you know, we've been unfaithful to our spouse or done things that uh, uh, cheated on a test or whatever. We think, well, I got away with it. No one caught me. Uh, wrong. <laughs> That's exactly what the scripture is saying here. Is God is everywhere. And he knows everything. And uh, we didn't get away with anything, even if no one else knows it. You need to know this morning that God knows the sins in your life. And uh, he's there. The good news is he's willing to forgive you if you'll admit it. But he's telling you uh, that he's there and he knows. And even down to the words and thoughts. Uh, of our lives we fall so far short and so we need a savior and that's why god the son jesus came and paid our penalty on the cross so we could be forgiven but he knows whether we've broken any of the commandments the first commandment you shall have no other gods before me he knows the things that we think are more important than god some people are uh, not here this morning because something else is more important to them than god and uh, you're here, hopefully, because you believe God is the most important one in your life. He is worthy of of giving this time in worship as well as uh, it's not just uh, uh, one hour a week. If he's everywhere we are, it's 24-7 that we're under the perspective and relationship of God. Uh, but uh, uh, God knows who, who are breaking the first commandment and the second commandment. You shall uh, uh, not make any graven images. You know, uh, there are some people that think, you know, putting a Buddha in your house is decorative. Uh, there are, are religions in the world that worship idols. And uh, maybe it's our house or our car that we worship more than uh, and put in a higher place than God, a higher priority. And uh, he knows our heart and uh, he sees our sin and we all fall far short he knows our words uh, whether we have used his name in vain he knows uh, uh, whether we're here in church or not but also uh, to honor him as he says remember the sabbath day to keep it holy the fourth commandment he knows uh, those who are not here but he also knows who are not here in spirit Uh, He says uh, to the people in Israel, when they were going through the motions of their religion, he says, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And I can see your your body, and whether your lips are, are singing or whatever, I could tell that if I were looking at you this morning, but I wouldn't know your heart. But God sees our heart, doesn't he? And he knows whether our worship is sincere, whether we're here to honor him this morning or for some other reason. Somebody made us come or or, uh, we uh, think it's the thing to do or uh, we wanted to see somebody. He knows this morning if you're listening to the sermon or you're trying to apply his scripture to your heart or whether you're thinking about, well, I've got to do this this afternoon and the meal and... and, uh, Uh, No football games, I don't think, this afternoon. But whatever it is that we're thinking about, he knows our thoughts. And so we all fall far short. And uh, in this area that we're talking about, celebrating life, uh, we have had 50 million abortions in America. And that's a serious sin, the disrespect of the lives God created in his image, the destruction of those lives. God forgives that sin because many uh, that we know, if not among us, uh, have... um, been bought the lie that uh, if you only destroy the baby then you won't have uh, any of the problems and uh, God sees that but he also forgives doesn't he because he says if we confess our sins if we admit what we've done that's wrong before God who's holy he's uh, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness uh, so there's uh, bad news there Uh, in God being everywhere all the time and knowing even our thoughts that he's that great and awesome of a God. But the good news is he's also there all the time whatever we go through and uh, whenever we need him. And uh, we say he's only a prayer away and uh, that he he understands Jesus uh, suffered temptations of every kind that we face, every situation that we're facing. And life, whether you're a Christian or not, has a lot of... uh, uh, difficult things to go through doesn't it there are times that are harder to go through than others and our brother shared about uh, apparently uh, a disease that god uh, healed him from Uh, my family just this past year uh, there have been two extremely difficult things have happened in our family and uh, thankfully god has been with us through this whole time Uh, but uh, in october uh, my daughter-in-law kimberly Uh, who had been battling cancer for over six years, uh, went to be with the Lord. And uh, what a a terrible time that was, a terrible disease, and the months before, and then uh, my son and his uh, daughter uh, adjusting to life with a single-parent home. Uh, All of these things have been very difficult and heavy on our lives, but God has been with us because he's always there. And he promises to give us strength and courage and that he has a plan and he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you've received Christ, then you're on his good side. Even though he knows the things that you've done wrong, he loves you and he forgives you and he has a plan and purpose for your life. He knows you intimately as we see in this passage. And uh, uh, you can't get away from him though uh, if you think that you're of pushing God out of your life or avoiding him. He's there, and he wants to be a part of all of your life. And uh, he wants to guide you into a wonderful purpose and plan that he has for you. Uh, and there are some who know God has a plan for you and that he's encouraging you to do certain things, and you're not doing it this morning. You're like Jonah. You think if I get on a boat and I uh, go, God tells me to go to Nineveh, and I take a boat to Tarshish, uh, that, uh, that uh, I can get away from God and his plan but that didn't work did it uh if you read in uh, jonah chapter 2 it said he's in the belly of the great fish and he cries out he says i cried out to the lord and uh, the lord couldn't hear because i was under the ocean no he didn't say that he said i cried out to the lord and the lord heard me because the lord is everywhere isn't he and he's ready and waiting for us to call upon him and trust in him uh, we don't need to fear, though we face great trials and tribulations. God is on our side, and he is with us, and he's working all things together for good. And so life is amazing. Human life made, as it says in Genesis 1 and 2, in the image of God, he created man and woman, boys and girls. And it says that we're, uh, he's involved intimately from the point of conception. Now, the point of conception is a very important starting point. We believe human life starts at conception, uh, for uh, two reasons. We believe it because the Bible teaches it clearly, but also, uh, from a medical and scientific aspect, uh, the first time, uh, that your identity comes into existence in the world is at the point of conception. When a sperm and an egg unite, a new DNA is formed that has never existed before. That DNA is the blueprint for who you are. And, uh, We want to talk about that in in a second, but that's the first, your identity exists, and that blueprint will be in every single cell of your body for your entire lifetime. That same DNA will be there, and uh, uh, it identifies who you are. It, it, It wasn't the mother's DNA, and it wasn't the father's DNA. It's a brand new one, and when does it start? Medically, scientifically, right at the point of conception, right when the egg and sperm unite. And uh, so we believe, if uh, we're made in the image of God, every human being, then right at conception, life deserves to be respected. Treated with dignity and preserved and protected. And especially those who can't speak for themselves. The Bible says those of us who uh, can speak up have a responsibility to speak up for those who are, uh, can't speak for themselves. Or even the destitute and those who are uh, being treated unjustly. And certainly the unborn are the most defenseless among us. And those who are believers need to speak up uh, for uh, their uh, dignity and respect but uh, uh, here in verse 13 and 14 it says for you formed me my inward parts you covered me in my mother's womb i will praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well but when david wrote this we didn't have uh, molecular cell biology Okay, we now have a, a field called molecular cell biology. Let's go back, though. Before David knew anything how cells work, he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are magnificent, how well I know it. You don't have to be a big scientist to know that this world is awesome, do you? You can go out in the woods. You can see nature. You can see the creatures God made. You can look in the stars and the sky and the moon and the sun. And you can say, this is an awesome world. This is a design that some super brain put together. Super mind had to be behind this. And uh, uh, one of the men who's been on my show, uh, Dr. Michael Behe, a biology professor from Lehigh University and leader in the intelligent design movement, he makes the comment. He says, uh, uh, you know... uh, uh, the average person sees the design in nature. It's obvious. And he says you have to be educated to miss it. Okay. That, that that's what our education system tries to drum out of you. What's common sense? Everybody can see. Just look at the way things. Uh, I think it was Spurgeon who said just look at the human thumb and you know that there's a God the design of how that works. Uh, I find in the, on the universities that more of the engineering professors are believers than in some other fields. And it's because uh, one of the engineering uh, professors said to me, he said, it's because we engineers know what it takes to make something work right <laughs> and uh, to make a human thumb uh, as marvelous as it is uh, and much less the human brain uh, that uh, uh, we think of our God as awesome. And these things could never, in the wildest imagination, have happened by random accidental processes. Uh, They had to be designed and created and orchestrated by a mind far greater than any mind today. Matter of fact, uh, our body, we're told, is made up of of cells, tiny building blocks. And uh, each of those cells carries our DNA, which is the blueprint. And, you know, if you build a house, you have a blueprint, don't you? Uh, It has to have, you know, where the rooms are, where the the living room is and the kitchen and... uh, bedrooms and the bathroom and and uh, and where the walls go and the plumbing and all the electricity and everything. That's the blueprint. Well, the DNA tells our body. It starts out with one cell, but it has the whole blueprint in that one cell at, at uh, conception. It has the whole blueprint telling uh, what cells need to become skin cells, what net cells need to become blood cells, what cells need to become muscle cells, what cells need to become bone cells, what cells need to become brain cells, where to go, how to work together. And, uh, and I've heard the estimates that we have in in our body between three and a hundred trillion cells and uh, that's beyond comprehension isn't it? it's like the national debt who can imagine how much we owe you know but uh, imagine you have a minimum of three trillion cells in your body each one of them has that dna blueprint but the blueprint not only is a blueprint uh it's their cells are amazing because they don't only have the blueprint A blueprint does you no good if it just lays there on the table. You have to have the materials. You have to have the workers. You have to bring it all together. And every cell is doing all this constantly. Supplying food, getting rid of waste, uh, the... uh, one of the scientists won the Nobel Prize recently, uh, Dr. Randy Schekman from the University of California at Berkeley, where actually uh, <laughs> I like to jokingly say that's the Christian college I went to. But uh, that is my alma mater. I, I got a degree in Berkeley uh, eons ago now. and uh, But he just received the Nobel Prize because he discovered uh, inside of the cell there's a, uh, a transportation uh, capsule that carries proteins from the center of the cell the nucleus out to the edge of the cell and expels materials out of the cell and that process learning that process has been great and in the results of understanding that has caused the ability to produce uh uh I think one third now of the insulin that's used by diabetics is produced using that process that he discovered, and so he won the Nobel Prize for discovering that. Unfortunately, he's an evolutionist; he thinks these things evolved over billions of years. And uh, but in the interview with uh, NPR. Uh, I- I shouldn't say it. I will, though. I call it National Propaganda Radio. But uh, anyway, uh, NPR interviewed uh, the Nobel scientists, and uh, they interviewed uh, Dr. Sheckman, and he said, uh, went on to say how he discovered this process, and he said the cell is not like a bag of blood. It's more like New York City, okay? Every single cell, the three trillion we have, each one of them can be described as like New York City, it's so complicated, and it has millions of functioning parts that are constantly going back and forth. And Dr. John Sanford, who I mentioned, who was an atheist, was an evolutionist, and now is a strong Christian and promotes uh, creation by God. Uh, he says this, uh, every single cell is like the whole Internet, that it has millions of components that are constantly communicating with each other. And as you begin to think about that, Uh, when Darwin uh, came up with the idea of evolution he thought of the cell as just a clump of maybe jello-like material Not very complicated, simple, and it could gradually form into all these other things. Now we know, now that we have electron microscopes that can see down to the tiny particles and molecules, we know that these cells are more like New York City than they are like a clump of jello, and that they have organization, design, and structure, and communication at all sorts of levels uh, that we just uh, couldn't imagine that King David didn't know about when he said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. This morning, our God is awesome. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And human beings, beyond our physical components, have a spiritual dimension. We're made in the image of God. We can communicate with our creator. We have creativity. We can love. and We know right from wrong. All of these things that make us different than animals. When we go over here to McDonald's and uh, we purchase a Big Mac and eat a cow when we purchase a uh, McChicken sandwich and eat a chicken or purchase, purchase a filet of fish and eat a fish we're not eating our relatives okay <laughs> we are not animals we're made in the image of God we're superior we have biological similarities to the animal world but we alone have the image of God and human beings deserve respect animals deserve proper treatment but nothing like the treatment God demands of human beings every person that you meet regardless of how uh, wealthy they are or not is to be treated with great dignity he has the image of God every person no matter what age they are you remember when uh, the disciples brought the children for Jesus to bless them uh, what did it say it said he became indignant uh, because the disciples uh, kept the children away and told the parents uh, you know Jesus is here for the adults not for the kids And Jesus said, no, bring them to me, for such is the kingdom of God. You've got to have a simple faith like a child to get into heaven, so let me bless these children. And uh, so it doesn't matter the age of a person. If you don't treat people with respect because you think they're too old or they're too young, uh, then you're abusing the image of God. They're made and deserve dignity and respect, regardless of handicap, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity. Martin Luther King, whose uh, birthday was celebrated this week, he, he didn't uh, uh, say that we ought to have civil rights because we were evolved primates. He said that uh, uh, every person is created equal and deserves civil rights because we're made by God. He was a Baptist minister. And he believed the Bible teaching when it said God made us and he made us special in his image. And every person deserves respect because they all bear the image of God. And all the way, if we understand that uh, it's right in the womb that God forms us. He knows those details. He knows our DNA, our blueprint, uh, that even from the womb. And that's why uh, over 100,000 people gathered in Washington in a frigid day this week. To protest the supreme court decision that made abortion legal in america in 1973 and 50 million babies have died and thank god there are some standing up and we have these pregnancy centers like the expectations women's center to protect human lives protect people made in the image of god from the point of conception and then call on people to turn to jesus who loves each and every person and offers a forgiveness of the sin that we are all infected with that we all commit but uh, from the womb and uh, every life is significant we need to get a hold of that we need to see how awesome it is but also that every human being bears the image of our god who we worship and as we respect people we are honoring the god who made them I uh, came across a professor at Mansfield University north of uh, Williamsport there of chemistry uh, Dr. Tony Keesling and uh, I did an interview with him about how his faith in God relates to his studies in chemistry and he said how he discovered a new chemical reaction and how you know he was seeing God's thoughts and And uh, that was uh, something that was a spiritual experience for him. And we finished the interview and uh, how he became a Christian in Vacation Bible School, interestingly, and rededicated his life through the Billy Graham program. And uh, he told me that. And then after I turned off the recorder, and this happens sometimes when you interview people uh, for the radio, that they leave out some important things that you wish they would have said. And he said to me, uh, Glenn, I've started doing some pro-life speaking, too, and I said, oh, is that right? Why, why, how did you get involved in doing that? And he said, oh, because uh, my conception, when I was conceived, I was conceived in rape. And uh, my mother was a waitress, and uh, she was uh, assaulted sexually, and she became pregnant. And she kept the baby, and she and, and uh, my aunt and my grandmother uh, raised me, and uh, they kept me and uh, every life is special. Every life is significant, no matter all oh, the circumstances. It made in the image of God and worth preserving. And we're all probably familiar with the Tim Tebow, uh, well, familiar with Tim Tebow, the football player who has had such renown and been a standard bearer for the cause of Christ. Hopefully, uh, young people are listening to what... Uh, People like Tim Tebow are saying about serving Christ and putting Him first in their lives and following the Christian values and morality. Uh, but uh, Tim Tebow's mother spoke here. Anybody go to that banquet? Uh, the Expectation Center had him uh, last October, I believe it was, over in Lewisburg. And anyway, uh, Pam Tebow was the speaker. And she told how when she was pregnant with Tim Tebow, she had, uh, I think it was some sort of uh, uh, dysentery or malaria. She was in a missionary in the Philippines. And uh, uh, the doctors were saying if she kept taking the drugs, it would harm the baby, and, uh, but she needed them, or she, would, she might die. And so she decided to make a decision for life and stop taking the drugs and uh, uh, see what would happen. And because she wanted to preserve life. And here... Uh, the baby that was told would be uh, deformed and, and, and uh, be harmed uh, and should be aborted became uh, one of the great athletes of modern American college history in football in sports. And uh, she chose life, even at the risk of her own life. And so life is sacred. And we're made in God's image. He knows all about us. He knows our weaknesses and our strength. Sometimes he says he wants to show his strength in our weakness. So if you feel like you're lacking in some areas, if you don't have uh, skills, money, resources, opportunities other people have, just be a person of prayer. God can do wonderful and amazing things with all of our lives if we'll just offer them to him for the purpose that he made us. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows it full full well. This morning, I trust that you know Christ as your Savior, that you know he knows all about you, he knows all your sin, and you've dealt with that. Uh, If there's some even this morning that uh, you haven't dealt with your sin, uh, he's waiting to forgive you and to become your Savior or to get right with you again if you know him as your Savior. But he knows every detail. He knows it when we go through the hard times also. And he's there. He's never leaves us or forsakes us, and he's never more than a prayer away. Praise God for the sacredness of human life, for the awesomeness of the creation that God has made, each of us made in his image, special in his sight, and worthy of respecting all of those around us as well as his image bears. Uh, let's pray together and respond to God's spirit as uh, we know the needs in our life. We know the areas perhaps we've been running away from his plan. And uh, we think no one else has seen or caught us, uh, but God is there, and we need to get right with him. Or else we need to be a part of preserving life by getting behind programs like this Expectations Prayer Center with our money today, or maybe volunteering there as a counselor or a receptionist or to help with the maintenance of the facilities. Many needs that are there. Uh, the in- contact information is in your brochure. But shall we pray and, and uh, just praise God, our awesome creator this morning. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in you this morning. Truly, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, we can't even comprehend all of the complexity of all that's around us, from the stars in the sky uh, to the fish in the sea uh, to our own human bodies. Truly, you're an awesome God. And we see your great power evidenced, your great wisdom and knowledge and your great love as well. Bless each one who's here. Help us to know not only that we're made in your image, but to know that you've sent a Savior who died for our sins, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we ask him, he'll forgive us and take us to heaven one day. And be with us day by day to help us through the trials of life. Give us strength for those trials as we are in a fallen world that sin has brought in so many problems. And uh, yet you are the answer. Help us to trust in you today that you're working all things together for good. We'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And we ask your blessing as well on the Expectation Women's Center for all who work there and volunteer and are on staff. Meet their every need, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.